0: Hello, my name is Sam and welcome to Young and Sober, the podcast where we discuss what it means to get sober under the age of 30 and stay sober. If you're sober, sober curious, or just curious, you've come to the right place. Any discussions heard here are personal to the individual and should not be taken as the stance of AA as a whole.
1: Welcome to episode nine. This week we'll be chatting to Sam, who is our guest host, and Georgie. Who've come along to to talk to us about being young, sober, and hobbies. Uh, so first of all, guys, I just wanted to get kind of current with how everybody is feeling right now before we get going. So, Sam, you want to kick us off? <laughs> sure,
0: sure. Um, you know what? I'm actually feeling pretty excited. Um, it's the first time I've been uh, asked to speak on a podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling excited. Um, I'm feeling grateful and also quite relieved because um, it's been quite a stressful week <laughs> and I'm just glad that it's the weekend. Uh, but yeah,
1: that's where I'm at. Lovely. Georgie?
2: Uh, yeah, hi guys. Um, it's good to be here. I feel pretty good today. Um, just had an online baby shower with a friend who lives in Hong Kong, which was really nice to see friends from school. Um, so, yeah, pretty good.
1: Good stuff. Positive energy. Um, <laughs> so right. Um, obviously, today's episode, we're going to be having a general sort of discussion about hobbies in sobriety. But before we get to that, I just want to kind of ask you guys, kind of individually, what? Well, first of all, how long have you been sober? And secondly, what kind of brought you to sobriety? Like, what, what you know? Tell us a little bit about that journey for you, Um, Sam. Would you like to to kick us off? Sure thing. Um, So yeah, I've been
0: sober. For for me personally, I didn't say clean and sober because there are multiple elements in my in my using uh, back in the day. But yeah, I've been I've been in recovery, clean and sober. For twelve years, um, as of last weekend. Um, wow! All right. Um, so yeah, quite a long time. Um, and yeah, what led me uh, to being sober? Um, you know, I, I've heard lots of people's stories, and um, mine isn't one of the most dramatic ones, to be honest. Uh, I was just a slave to using, and it and it kind of overtook everything else in my life, and um you know at the cost of relationships at the cost of at the time my studies um financially affected me spiritually affected me physically affected me um and towards the end it was just painful and, and also very boring um and my life wasn't manageable and i i just got to a point where i kind of had to accept you know this just isn't working for me um and and something's gotta something's got to change um so yeah that's what briefly what what led me into recovery
1: so sam how old how old were you when you so you say it's 12 years you must how old Mm. were you when you got sober i was 20 so Mm.
0: yeah pretty young um and i was very fortunate in a way because i I, I ended up having a bit of a breakdown in front of my my mum, who'd had experience in recovery herself. Um, she, she'd already dealt with my my father, who was an alcoholic, and so she was already conversant with recovery and and knew that this world existed, um, and was able to, to kind of guide me to that help in the first instance. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful for that, and I think that's uh, that's one of the reasons that I kind of got it so young um so yeah so 20 years old wow. years ago
1: yeah super helpful was not it i think when you know i mean that's so close to home having a family member that's already well versed in recovery and for me it was the fact that i had a friend who was you know had got sober as a result of going into recovery you know and i don't know if i would have had, had that not been the case Um, And I think that just goes to show how it affects everybody in some capacity, you know, directly or indirectly, um, alcoholism and addiction at some point down the line. Um, Georgie, um, tell us about how long you've been sober and and what brought you into the rooms. So
2: I came in at 28, um, so I'm coming up to three years but not quite there yet. Um, And yeah, kind of similar to Sam, it wasn't like anything hugely dramatic. Um, I mean, I've heard people say that, you know, for some people it affects your insides, for some people it's their outsides or both. And I think for me, it was mainly like my insides, so from the outsides, I was still kind of working and had friends, you know, I looked all right, but inside... I just felt pretty kind of empty like I was a bit of a shell and like the cracks were starting to show so you know like my mental health was not great and um, yeah I just wasn't doing very well at work wasn't very happy Um, and I think I'd always been like a you know party girl and sort of worn that with a, a badge of pride but then I could see the progression how it was starting to become a bit more of like a crutch like oh I just needed it to kind of you know, relax after a stressful day, you know I just needed to get you know this presentation done, and it was like I could see I was sort of crossing these lines that I'd put in place for myself um and you know, like Sam as well, I have sort of addiction alcoholism in my family, so I was kind of aware that it was something I needed to be careful about, but really for me, it was just you know a gradual feeling of like i just don't I just can't really do this anymore and um I just felt pretty broken but sort of mentally rather than necessarily kind of ending up in, I mean, I did end up in like St John's ambulance tent at Reading festival, but, um, I hadn't been in hospitals or anything like that, but yeah, it was more just, um, you know, an inside job kind of thing in, in summary.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, so, um, guys, this episode is sort of loosely based around like hobbies and um, what, I think, it's, I think it's important for, particularly for people that are not, maybe on the fence about maybe getting sober um, or people sort of in very early days in recovery um, that are thinking to themselves, yeah, but when I stop drinking, like it's so part of my life you know, it's, it's my social life for, for certain, like how, how, well, what am I going to do? Like outside of yeah if I was, if I decide to commit to getting sober, like what's my sober life going to look like? So I guess what I would like to do is try and paint a picture of, you know, um, give some hope around that. Maybe talk about some likes, things that you've realized that you've liked, things that you perhaps not liked so much, but at least you've tried it out. Um, so, yeah, um, Sam, what, I mean, talk about that. I mean, did that, did that sort of, I guess, first of all, did that sort of, when you got sober at age 20, was there any sort of thought, similar thoughts around like, well, if I'm not going to drink and use, then what, you know, what am I going to do for fun? What did that, what did that look like for you? Yeah,
0: so, um, I mean, music had always been a big thing for me. And I've always played guitar from a young age and always loved it. And and actually it was really nice um, when I got into recovery because I, I kind of rediscovered that, you know, it, it was kind of guitar and then it was guitar and maintaining my addiction. And, and I kind of like in my fantasy world, I kind of made the two uh, a, a combo. They almost came as a package. I was like, yeah, I'm a musician, so I also do this. And it's all part of that identity. And then eventually it was really just the addiction and, and the, the music had kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, and so it was really nice just really getting back in touch with that hobby. And, um, but funnily, <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to go to a treatment centre um, to kind of kickstart my recovery. And, um, and when I arrived there, I brought, this was in South Africa in Cape Town, And I've brought my guitar with me. And the first thing they did was like took my guitar away from me (laughs) and we're like, yeah, you're not allowed to play this for a while. And I was like, no, I need this. And, um, and, uh, and eventually like once I'd sort of done a bit of therapy and settled in there, they gave it back to me. And one lesson I had, I did have to learn in my, in my early recovery was that I can kind of use anything in an addictive way. And I can use anything to isolate even things that are, inherently good um so I've 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 done loads of hobbies in recovery and the the joy for me has been learning to kind of enjoy them in a balanced way because the way my head works is like if I'm going to get into something I'm not just going to get into it it's going to kind of be my whole thing now this is what I do you know Mm. I'm I am now I am now going to be you know a world level chess player or i'm now going to be i'm not just going to go start doing a bit of swimming i'm i'm probably going to try and get into the olympic gb team you know and 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 i and i and that's yeah. just kind of the way i'm wired and um and recovery helps kind of take that edge off a bit and and just enjoy things for what they are you know because my default is well if I, if it's not the ultimate most optimum experience of that thing then what's the point you know which mm-hmm. kind of means that I end up enjoying nothing, <laughs> because yeah. I, you know I, I I can sometimes use hobbies to set very lofty, grandiose um, kind of goals for myself, mm-hmm. which which aren't really that achievable, and means that I can sometimes just kind of give up. Um, so I've I've really had to teach myself to um, enjoy things just for me, and, and not to do them, in, you know, for for any other reason. I, I can sometimes use I don't know. So one of my things is that I, I I love affirmation from other people, and I kind of want everyone to be like, Sam's amazing!" And so
1: I can sometimes <laughs>
0: use hobbies to kind of be like, "Oh, you know." Like, so surfing is a big one for me. I love surfing, and um, I've done it since the age of about fourteen, and I and I do it as much as I can. Um, but when. Because I was in South Africa in my earlier recovery, there was loads of surfing available, and I very much got into into my head at one point. And I was like, "Yeah, I kind of want to be seen as like an amazing surfer," and that instantly kind of took the shine of off the joy of just going surfing because mm. um, I kind of let my uh, my sort of addict head kind of take it to this like nth degree. Um, but yeah, like it, it's been really nice just sort of exploring different things in recovery um Mm. because my addiction was all consuming you know it kind of took over everything and um and i've been able to try stuff but but it kind of still is i play guitar loads um i go surfing when i can um i do a bit of exercise um you know just uh just the good stuff really um but yeah i've waffled on i'll I'll let georgie uh, say some stuff now (laughs)
1: Yeah, Georgie, what, what about uh, about you?
2: I mean, I was laughing uh, when Sam was talking because, you know, I, I picked up yoga but obviously had to then go to the pool and become a yoga instructor. I couldn't just do it casually. <laughs> so I was sort of laughing at myself there. But um, mm. yeah, I think I really kind of resonated with um, what Sam was saying. I think... Um, it's nice just to be able to do stuff for the enjoyment of it rather than necessarily having to kind of excel in it, which I think is sort of for me about kind of, you know, perfectionism having unhuman sort of expectations of myself. Um And I think that's kind of a self-esteem thing as well. It's like just allow, have the self-esteem to just do things and like not be very good and like make mistakes, but just have fun rather than like everyone's going to think I'm crap um if I'm not, they're the best or yeah just not knowing when to stop I suppose I think that's the problem it's like when I when I start doing something and it feels good I just want more of it um so that's kind of you know where that balance thing comes in but for me it's probably like dancing is quite a big thing um but I did I danced sort of competitively when I was younger um but then didn't do it for kind of years at uni and when I yeah during my first sort of few years of working. Um, It was only when I I came into recovery and actually there was a dance studio just under the arches of Clapham Junction um, and they had uh, lessons on like every day and I just tried all sorts of different types um, like musical, theatre and uh, contemporary and street dance and I just loved it. Like it was, it was like the only thing at the time that when I did it, I was so sort of Engrossed in it that I just didn't kind of worry about anything else, and I could just get completely like absorbed in it. Um, and I loved it, and I have kept that up ever since. And as I said, when I was, yeah, working and drinking and going out was kind of all I wanted to do. Um, and even though I might sort of have vague plans to go off and do other things, reality is I'd often be just too hungover at the weekend and just not have the energy. Like, it was, it takes quite a lot of energy to kind of work full time and keep up a. You know, an alcohol or a drug habit. Um, so yeah, dancing, yoga. Um, I think the sort of rediscovering my love for the outdoors and nature has been a big one. Um, you know, I've been on a couple of sort of camping trips. Um, I'm walking, and I I borrow, I go and borrow my doggy, and borrow some dogs, and go for dog walks. And yeah, it's nice just to. You know, have, I guess, having weekends back and having days um where I just wasn't in bed all day, kind of, you know, in terror, or regret, or just feeling awful. Um, it's been nice to to rediscover some of that stuff that I just loved doing as a kid. Like we were talking yesterday, that I used to go like camping quite a lot and a lot of outdoorsy stuff when I was younger, but that all just kind of got lost in the wayside, really. And also, I think sorry, I will stop in a sec, but I think for me anyway, when I was using um sort of alcohol as a way to cope with life i sort of lost who i was and um yeah i didn't have a really sense of kind of identity or you know what the meaning or purpose of life was so it's quite nice just to kind of go back to basics really and think actually what do I like doing and um a lot of that kind of stuff that I used to do when I was younger and used to enjoy doing it's still there it just kind of got a bit lost so yeah that's enough from me <laughs> yeah
0: I, I really identify with that actually that kind of um I don't know, I would I don't know if it's going back as far as like reconnecting with my inner child but I've definitely <laughs> done some stuff in in recovery hobby wise that that kind of feels like that like and, and, you know, like painting, I used to learn and drawing, mm-hmm. like in recovery in my sort of late 20s, I sort of started doing a bit of like sketching and, and getting back into art and with no real like agenda. And it actually didn't last very long, but it was just kind of just reconnecting with that, that kind of younger self that kind of enjoyed that as a kid. And there's something really nice about that. And uh, yeah, I identified with that.
1: I, Really identified with what you said, Sam, about um, taking the shine off a hobby and making it like feeling like it as if it needs to. You need to be like the number one, you know, the best in the world. I, th- I was actually watching a documentary the other day, and this is sort of related to alcoholism and addiction, but it's also not um, because he's not one. But it was about Johnny Wilkinson, and he was talking about like his in his like his mentality around you know being a being a professional rugby player he didn't just want to be a professional rugby player or even just a professional rugby player playing for England he had to be the best England rugby player like he had to be the best player on the field every single match and he was talking about how at the latter half of career he had like 14 injuries back to back and he was up, uh, you know, it was bare grills. actually. He was like, oh, hey, um, so why do you think you would get, do you think you were getting those injuries because of that level of stress that you were putting yourself under? Cause it's all connected, you know, the mind, the body, like, and he said hundred percent, like hundred percent. Um, like the amount of pressure he put himself under. And I think that's common in, in alcoholics and addicts and, um, you know, I put enough, I put, I put loads of pressure on myself at work to, to be like the best possible salesperson at work. And then that translated into like my hobbies as well at the time. I was playing rugby. Like I wanted to, like, if I didn't perform, if I didn't perform very well in a match, I would be in a terrible mood afterwards. Mm-hmm. Even if we won the game, I'd be so, so down on myself. Um yeah um and i've definitely found since getting sober like like both of you guys like reconnecting with like what you do what you used to do when you're younger like i still i play a bit of guitar as well and, and sing and i can create this like uh <laughs> this kind of narrative in my head it's like okay well you know what what what's my niche? Like what am I gonna be like really, really good at? And Georgie knows about this already because I've talked <laughs> to her about it and we've had a laugh about it. You know, I've recently been getting into like worship music. I'm like, okay, well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it very big in like any other scene. Maybe I can be like the next Matt Redman. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> and um oh, it's just yeah and although i still sort of kind of partly i think it's hard to know because you don't really know i think sometimes you you can't trust your own judgment as well like Mm. sometimes it's like when is it a good thing just to place this thing as like a hobby or when's it good to just place it as like maybe it's something you want to get really good at and be known for and be um recognized for it's difficult to find that balance
0: yeah yeah it's a Georgie used the word like excellence you know having to sort of reach a level of excellence with whatever you're doing and and it it's one of those things where that's that's kind of okay you know if it's at the point where it it becomes like unenjoyable in that pursuit you know that I think it becomes a bit unhealthy you know it's like what does what does success look like for me in this pursuit is it becoming you know a well-known guitarist or whatever or is it just enjoying it and 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 that being enough you know and then of course that's that's my big thing is like things don't tend to be enough and if I like something I want more of it and I want more of it right now please you know and um so and but that's that's okay you know that's that's for me that's been part of learning you know in recovery and kind of there's a kind of enjoyment and you know we can have a laugh about it and that that's so important i think in recovery to be mm. able to just because some of the stuff is quite funny like some of the behavior is it is funny and that's why we laugh you know and uh i don't know i, I you might have heard this and it, it could be just a kind of a, a meeting cliche that i've heard but someone once said um you know when i got into recovery i stopped being a failure and started making mistakes and mm. that's something that I've. I found really reassuring when I heard it because I was like, I'm not a failure. I'm just making mistakes. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but it's, but it's true, you know, like as long as I don't pick up that drink or drug, I can make mistakes and and it's okay. You know, that's, that's part of being, that's part of being human and and getting things wrong is also okay. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's, 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 for me, it's all about balance and, and, and I find it hard to, achieve balance in lots of different areas in my life um, inc- including hobbies um, but you know it's all part of the journey. Um, yeah
2: it's that all or, all or nothing sort of mentality. Yeah. So difficult. Um, I was just gonna say I, f- I feel like we were talking the other day Christian, about like feeling like you don't measure up or feeling like you're well for me like when I've done some work on myself in recovery there's often this sort of, sort of underlying feeling that I'm just not quite enough somehow or you know, I'm I'm sort of less than I feel like other people uh, so mm. I sort of feel like if I can become really good at something then I'll finally feel like okay I'll I, I sort of accept myself and I'm I'm good enough and for me with work like my whole identity got really wrapped up in that and then when that went away because I was off work for a while, again, I felt like there was nothing left until I can put on some other sort of armor or like, it's not really a mask, but it's just something external that other people can see that I can sort of validate me. And I think, yeah, what I'm sort of learning in recovery is that it's all about kind of, it sounds really cheesy and cliche, but like just learning to kind of accept yourself and feel enough, like just as you are without having to kind of achieve or, excel or kind of yeah get something externally to kind of wear i guess um so i suppose that kind of ties in that
1: yeah i think it doesn't help that we do live in a society where you know we talked about this again georgie recently about you know capitalism and a society whereby if you don't have this you know i'm talking more like material stuff now it's like if you don't have xyz therefore what's the matter with you you know you're you're not good enough um yeah um was something else I wanted to add um yeah there's is it Jim Carrey Jim Carrey talks about like how I love Jim Carrey I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey (laughs) don't don't say anything bad about Jim I love Jim (laughs) I, I love Jim as well um but he he basically came out to say not that long ago it's like get rich and famous and you'll finally understand that that's not the point of life and I think essentially he was just saying that it's just this empty void Mm. um yeah I think I heard the same thing it's something like um
0: you know I wish that everybody could achieve all the success in the world so they could know that that's not the
1: answer or something like that isn't it mm. yeah Good and, and yet we still, <laughs> and yet, <laughs> like, yeah, my head will go, yeah, no, you're totally right. And then the other side of my head will go, Yeah, shut up, mate, whatever, you know, and, and still somehow believe that that's not, that that's not true. And that I need, that's, that's the only way that I'm going to measure up if I show people like, you know, that I'm, I, I am somebody, you know, uh,
0: mm. Yeah, it, it, I guess it comes down to, like, you know, learning to love ourselves, which I find really hard. Um,
2: yeah.
0: You know, my 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 inner voice can be quite quite cruel. Um, mm. And I have to really keep okay. that in check, and I have to kind of share that out quite regularly because it can get out of control. And, and it can go from being an inner voice to, like, an outer voice as well, where I'll actually say things out loud that aren't very nice mm. about myself. And that's you know, like Christian, I've spoken to you in the past about, I know we're kind of going slightly off topic here, but like body positivity. And I've literally said like, kind of, you know, several years into my recovery, there's been times where I've looked in the mirror and said, Oh, you know, I won't use the language that I use, <laughs> but like just nasty language about myself in the mirror. Like, oh, you're, you know, you're this, you're that. And yeah. And that, and that, and that's not good. And that inner critic, mm. you know, I have to, I have to keep in check kind of whatever I'm doing you know and um you're right you know looking looking for external validation you know we we naturally do that because I Mm -hmm. think as, as human beings we we want to feel part of and we want to feel like we belong and that we're accepted um but yeah I can certainly use things like hobbies um like maybe achievement to kind of try and form an identity for myself and, and kind of put it on like a cloak. And, hmm. you know, specifically speaking about music, I can use like genres of music is like, okay, this is who I am now. You know, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm so impressionable. I'll watch like a documentary about like, <laughs> blues music. And I'll be like, I am now a blues musician. <laughs> this is who I am. And everyone needs to kind of recognize that. Or like, I'll, I'll watch yeah. a film about I don't know. Even something just really embarrassing like James Bond to be like, I'm going to be a lot more like James <laughs> Bond now and, and dress like this, and it's all it's all just like mm-hmm. identity yeah. stuff, and, and it's ways of like, you know, if I can if I can model myself on this, you know, this has already been validated by someone else, yeah. so so I can I can kind of use this to kind of clothe myself, and I'm kind of risking a bit less, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I, I I find it hard to just. You know, to just love Sam as he is, um, <laughs> I, I kind of leaned into the mic. I hope that didn't sound creepy. <laughs> Gotta love yourself. It was
2: more your your face was more the creepy part.
0: Yeah, but the other stuff good, hit, good but... job. This is just an, an audio platform because <laughs> they'd all they'd all have like just turned off at that point. Who's this? Who's this creep? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I uh, I really uh identify with the inner critic. um I'm trying to do do some work on that myself at the moment and just think like why i give other people so much you know compassion tolerance empathy forgiveness but not myself and it just doesn't make sense um and yeah it's just kind of recognizing when it's like a, i'm like addicted to doing it though like i'm addicted to this way of sort of speaking to myself and thinking and i think it's because i think if i'm this hard on myself then i'll be better and it's that thing of again just like setting these expectations and setting myself up for failure and this whole sort of merry-go-round which just ends up me feeling miserable and you know hopeless so actually it doesn't get me anywhere um so yeah I think again it's quite obvious stuff but I think unless you actually do it yourself and you start to try and kind of really notice and have awareness around it I don't think you can realize how much it maybe does affect you
1: well, it's yeah. like, it's finding a healthy balance, isn't it? Between, it does talk about like, if we're going back to AA literature uh in the big book, you know, it says that we, we, we're not here to criticize other people, but we, we are, you know, when we have messed up, it's not sweeping stuff under the carpet and pretending that it doesn't exist. Like we have to kind of face this stuff and take a bit of a, you know, we've got to be hard on ourselves to a degree, otherwise we're not going to grow or become better or be better in our relationships or that sort of thing. But it's the difference between that and heavy criticism and chastising, you know, over something really quite, quite small um, because it's like, it's, it's, it's almost arrogant. I think, Georgie you mentioned this before, that it is almost arrogant to expect yourself to to be perfect at anything. So mm-hmm. why 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 set these expectate? Why why set your bar so high that ninety nine percent of the time you you're not gonna you know you're gonna miss? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, Hello. I think so. Please continue. The um. It's that it's that difference between sort of guilt and shame, isn't it? Like I think it's really important to take responsibility for stuff and look at where you have been kind of okay, I was a bit selfish there and I got really defensive because of this and that kind of you know, it's I'm not saying not to take responsibility, but but just saying, Oh God, I'm so I'm such a piece of shit, like I'm useless, I never get anything right, I can't I can't cope, you know, that is not productive, like it's not constructive. So it's that yeah, it's like the difference there between accepting your behaviour and like noticing what behaviour you can improve, rather than just you know criticizing your whole being. And you know.
0: yeah, yeah, like for me, I found that for every negative emotion, in fact, every every emotion, positive or negative, there's like a sort of a, a healthy version of that emotion, and then a toxic version of that emotion, which I can get into. So that's how I do something. Like, do something wrong make a mistake there's kind of like a healthy level of maybe regret or or even like shame if it's something you know kind of morally not that great but I can then take that to the the next level and and it becomes toxic and it becomes something that's hard to get out of and it, and it's the same with like um with positive emotions you know I, I can feel happy about something and then that happiness won't quite be enough. So I'll need to sort of like act out in a way to try and, you know, <laughs> keep it going or or, or whatever. Um, mm. But yeah, I guess it's, it's uh, I, I think sharing stuff out is the best way and, and, and just to keep talking and uh,
2: yeah.
0: it's so powerful,
1: you know. Um, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I and also finding and it's going sort of going back to sort of hobbies, I guess um some things that I've kind of got interested in around changing essentially like changing my state <laughs> uh in a in a healthy way, you know which doesn't re- you know require putting illicit substances into my body to change the way that I feel, you know of course we have tools in recovery uh which are very effective um but i've definitely had a bit of a curiosity and intrigue about um like things know, yeah, the body you know so things like cold water um last night i was lying on the floor doing some very <laughs> heavy breathing um like breath, breath work kind of stuff um which I've found to be, it, it can be really helpful. Like I've done it before, um, where it really sort of released quite a lot of emotion, um, which I hadn't even really realized I was storing up, you know. know. I've just found this stuff to be mm. quite, quite interesting and, and fun to explore.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've also done some heavy breathing recently. But it's it's because I was just really upset, and uh, i have met I'd messed something up at work, so I was just also lying on the floor, breathing heavily, but not not in the same way. Um, but no, you're you're totally right. Like it's yeah. What, what I found is that I'm I don't naturally gravitate towards doing things that are really good for me. Mm. Um it's like it's like the you know the, the tools that we learn in recovery and the and the suggestions that we hear mm. in recovery they're all really simple but I find them really hard to do mm. like it it could be you know like you say Lars you know, literally lying on the floor breathing you know something something quite quite simple that I know will actually be quite good for me I, I find hard to do or it could be doing a you know reading a a meditation from a daily meditations book or something takes like what 40 seconds, and it's something really simple and quick. Um, and and that could be quite enjoyable. But I find it hard to just do those things, but I'll happily sort of you know dedicate quite a lot of time to sitting on the sofa with bags of crisps, binge watching The Office US <laughs> on Netflix, you know, which is also there's a time for that as well, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Sam, that's
1: really. Uh, like two things I sort of picked up on with that was, um, so firstly, I think things that are typically quite difficult for me to do naturally, I have to essentially form a habit around it. So Georgie knows, because we live with each other, that I'm a little bit of a stickler when it comes to like my morning routine. But that's taken time, like that's taken a lot of time to and I'm quite protective of it as well. (laughs) Um, But I have found that through like doing those things on a daily basis, even if it's just like something really small, like that meditation book, for example, or, you know, doing my prayers in the morning or um, journaling, you know, maybe like, what am I going to do today sort of thing? I, I found that I have to set myself up for success in order to do that because if there's any friction for me to do anything that I know is actually good for me, then chances are I'm not going to do it. Same with exercise. Like if I don't have a kettlebell sat in the middle of the floor ready to go, then it's too easy not to do it. Um, yeah, but on the flip side of that kind of, I guess discipline if you like, um, I find it sometimes quite difficult to give myself an opportunity to relax, and I have some like guilt around like sitting in front of the TV and just like watching something on Netflix. I'm like, I should be doing something more productive right now. What am I doing? Why am I sitting here? You know, that that's that's that restless, irritable, um, discontent. It's the whole, as Georgie touched on, that kind of need to achieve thing. Like, it's never, it's like, I'm always, I need to be doing something. I need to be doing something that's valuable. Like, I can't just be like, and breathe and relax and stop. You know?
2: Busyness is like another addiction in itself. I mm. think that's just like, we're not, it's not, it's quite cultural to just be kind of happy. Just, you know, sitting down, relaxing, looking out the window, which I do. Quite, I am quite partial to doing now these days but like that's not I don't know it's not it's not you can't post it on Instagram and it doesn't look very exciting and what's the point I don't know I I just think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really resistant to doing the basic things like where you just don't need anything it doesn't cost any money mm-hmm. you, know, you can just sit there do some deep breathing but the defiance in me is like no I want something new and I'm going to order just another self help book and that will be the answer it won't be this kind of ancient practice that we know kind of changes our physiological state and calms us down and like recenters us it's like it's gotta be the next the next thing out there and I think that's my just my ego that kind of wants you know the the next best thing um yeah I I felt like that when I came into recovery I was like this is all really old-fashioned and like there's these weird scrolls on the wall and like I want something that's like <laughs> new age and exciting and, and modern not this you know boring stuff that all these old people do but
0: mm, yeah, that's something
2: no, that's best for me
0: yeah there's nothing new age about a scroll it's, nice. uh, it's, <laughs> it's interesting um with like particularly with exercise because uh, you know I've heard people in in recovery sharing about how they you know, they, they got clean and sober and then got addicted to exercise and I never had that problem. Like I just, I, I found it really, I actually recently, um, with the help of Christian actually, um, got back into exercise and I hadn't really done any regular exercise for like years and, um, and yeah, you, you said Christian earlier about sometimes you do have to tr- like form of a habit if you're really resistant to doing it or, or maybe like routine would be another word you know and um I've I've had to do that you know and 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 now you know three days a week I'm doing a bit of exercise and um yeah, but it, out. yeah look out um <laughs> but it took it took like a long time to get there you know and and sometimes I and it's probably a bit wrong, but I kind of envy people who are like, God, I just, just can't stop going for runs. And I just can't
1: be asked. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like,
0: Honestly, oh, I really can. I, and I am one of those people who can quite happily just sort of um, sit down and watch like endless mm-hmm. television and not, re- and not really think, oh, I should be doing something productive. I'm more just like, how long can I sort of get away with doing this? <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, you
2: know. I think Christian's like the ultimate. Energizer bunny. It's just, yeah, bloody loves it.
0: Just can't get enough of doing
2: <laughs> and exercising.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got, we we're actually meeting up with some friends later. Uh, a Friend of mine, Jamie, who's in recovery, similar sort of time to, to myself and he's doing like Qi Gong sort of qigong teacher and part of that is kind of like the art of not doing you know and he he kind of makes a point in he does like little videos and makes a point of like being okay with just kind of being Mm. um and how i think as you as you touched on georgie like we live in a culture where it's like must be doing must be achieving must be seen to be even if it's really superficial stuff you know you must be seen in a certain if I'm not seen in a certain way then you know if I haven't got this number of likes on Instagram or this number of followers and I, I, I'm not doing what I say that I am and what I am doing then people are going to think that I'm a phony or you know
2: mm. I mean I'm definitely guilty of it as well like when I I often <clears throat> film myself doing a dance routine and then put it on Instagram and I'm like I don't really know why I'm doing this why can't I just do the dance and that's it but in my head I'm like oh I'm just sort of spreading the the love of dance and you know <laughs> stuff like that but it's, I just want validation really
0: oh man so social media is like a whole other topic isn't it Very it's true. uh I think I think the world's addicted to social media including myself you know I'm I'm I take my phone like i found myself taking my phone when I go and have a shower and it's like, I'm not like, and, and I, and I, and I take it with nice. me. Like, you know, I get out of bed, grab my towel, pick up my phone, and then walk into the bathroom, <laughs> put it, put it on the, you know, the edge of the basin or whatever, and then have a shower and then pick it up and go back to my room. It's like, I don't need it there, but it's, like another limb. yeah, it's like, it is like another limb. And it's kind of, it's kind of frightening, but um, anyway,
1: mm. it's another tangent. Guys, I think I think on that lovely note we're going to, to wrap it up. But what we typically do on here is just end it with um gratitude. So one thing that you are feeling grateful for today, Sam, go. Oh, hang on, hang on. I need to
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need to think about this. There's just so much that I'm grateful for. What do I what do I choose? Um <laughs> I am um, this is going to sound um maybe a little bit cheesy for lack of a be- lack of a better word but I had a really good conversation with my fiance this morning a really kind of vulnerable conversation and it's only really been made possible by stuff that we've learned in our kind of own recovery journeys and so I think I'm just really grateful for the, the gift of of being able to converse in a healthy, honest, vulnerable way with someone um, mm. yeah just just grateful for that and still still kind of buzzing off it to be honest. I love that stuff okay.
1: georgie
2: um, how deep to go I, <laughs> I think following this conversation, I just feel. I just feel grateful that I'm more, yeah, just, I feel more happy and content um, with, yeah, with just who I am and, and generally just, just feel a lot, a lot more calmer and relaxed and yeah, I mean, that's very vague, but I could say because the sun, but I just wanted to go for that one. So.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I could have said like chocolate hobnobs because I'm genuinely <laughs> grateful for them. So that, that, that
1: was, that was great. Love it.
2: Fun.
1: I am grateful today for the f- fact that we can laugh at ourselves. Um, because I used to take myself way too seriously. So yeah, definitely grateful for that. Um, Guys, thank you so so much for for coming on today. It was really fun. And um, if you are listening to this today, please you know do drop uh, well follow us on Instagram. It's Young and Sober Podcast on Instagram. Uh, there you will be able to obviously message us with any questions that you might have. We do tend to answer these questions on the show, so please don't hold back. Um, there is also an email address which is oh gosh the email is young and young and sober at outlook.com so yeah if you want to email us any of your questions you can do so there as well all right guys uh, this has been the young and sober podcast over and out bye yeah bye